Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're actually just going to talk about that emerging generation, yeah. the one that we've been talking so much about recently, it feels, and really try and under uncover who are they. Yeah, no doubt about it. This was... Um really based on a recent blog post that just got lots of views. I think people are interested everywhere on who are these kids now that we've been through a pandemic. Has there been any changes in Generation Z? Yeah. And indeed, there have been. Some of the challenges have just gotten deeper. Some of the benefits are, are better, but we need to know them. For Absolutely. Sure. Well, this generation of kids that we're talking about today, we call them Generation Z. Yep like social scientists and researchers everywhere. So Generation Z follows Generation Y, which was the millennial generation, yep. no longer the youngest that we're measuring today. Uh, in fact, I love it. Just when employers, educators, and athletic coaches got used to the habits and language of the millennials, yep. here comes Generation Z, and now they're going, oh my gosh, I'm back to square zero again, yep. or ground zero, I should say. So Generation Z so far appears to be very well aware and very well educated, and yet they view education much more openly than in the past. Yeah, so yeah. I might not do a four-year, you know, liberal arts college. I might yep. do a kind of a smattering of things. Yep. Yep. Uh, they're very self-sufficient. They've got a smart device in their hand, and yet often turn out to be very needy emotionally. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. Just there's just an, a, a mental health issue yep. that seems to be always lingering. Yep. Uh, anxious, maybe not as experienced. You might in, say almost that they're independent and dependent at the yeah, same time. Yeah, so. it's kind of a paradox there. Yeah. And then lastly, confident and yet very uncertain. And you can imagine their uncertainty is. Look what just happened here, yes. you know, in our economy, yeah. you know. Us adults are uncertain, right? Yeah, yeah. The difference is they're growing through uncertainty at a very pivotal moment in adolescence. It's exactly right. So step into their shoes for just a minute, or their flip-flops, I might add. <laughs> um, we need to be thinking, if I was graduating from high school or college right now, how would I be feeling? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It'd be strange. Yeah. Um, scary, almost. So uh, I interviewed a student, a high school student named Xander. Okay. He's 18, so he's a, he was a rising senior. Um, when I talked to him about his state, he really illustrates these last three bullets I kind of just shared rapidly. Yeah. So um, he basically said to me, Dr. Tim, I want to learn all, of that I, all that I can. So he's very, very much a learner, but I probably will do it on my own, a DIY uh, disposition. I'll mm -hmm. do it myself. I'll figure out the way to learn. Um, I can't see paying full price to a college and yet doing so much of it on a computer screen. Yeah, many which are saying can't that. fault him for that. That's yeah. right. And um, I have to get a handle on my own mental health issues. He was struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I asked him about the future, I was saddened by his phrase, but I could fully understand it. He said, "I'm afraid to dream." Wow. Yeah. So um, wow. some are calling uh, Generation Z by a new name now. Yeah. They're known as Generation COVID which makes sense, yep. or Generation C, yep. C for COVID or coronavirus. I've heard other others call them the coronials, okay? <laughs> so I released a book, you know, this last yeah. year called The Pandemic Population, and we talked to people about this. Um, University of Minnesota advisor David Perry wrote, and I quote, it's a generation that will not only be marked by the trauma of this disruption and death, 
but also by witnessing the total failure of adults to protect them and their world. And, and in many cases, that's true. Yeah, I, we cannot overemphasize that point of yeah. they're watching how bad this all went, how yeah. unprepared we really were. Yeah. And I think what you're going to experience is an increase probably in a generation of kids looking at adults and going, are you really sure you know what you're saying yeah, when you give yeah. me that advice? And we have to acknowledge that, that that's partly where they're coming from. Uh, you actually came across some data that I yeah. thought was uh, fascinating, talking about how maybe even the nature of work might change as a result of these kids going through what they're going through. Absolutely. So employees are feeling the impact of working remotely during the pandemic. Yeah. Many have been asked to social distance for months now, and those ages 18 to 24 have been especially hard hit, according to a new study by the Center for Generational Kinetics, uh, CGK. It's a global research firm based in Austin, okay, Texas. Yeah. So Generation Z employers, uh, excuse me, I'm quoting, Generation Z employees, pardon me, are finding remote work more challenging overall. More than one-third said it has hurt their work-life balance. You can see why that is. Their yeah. office is their den. Yeah. And they think their employer needs to provide them with better tools for working remotely. We were all caught off guard. We didn't expect last March to be at home the yeah. whole time. Absolutely. And if you're early in your career, say, you know, 23, 24 years old, it's a highly it's highly unlikely you have a bedroom and a living room and an office, right? All of those spaces are all yeah. intertwined. And for you, the separation is just uh, so much more difficult. Yeah. Well, um, we, we've talked about who these kids are. We know that the world is shaping them, but you have gone and actually put together a list yeah. of really great terms. In fact, you're calling it 10 defining terms for Generation Z. Some of this is stuff we've talked about, but others of it is, has been contextualized by yes. the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we want to talk about how, how might these kids emerge? How might we define who they are on the other side of a moment like this? Yeah. So listeners, after reviewing the data on members of Generation Z in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic and this past year overall, I've curated 10 defining characteristics, and I've tried to put them in terms that will be easy to remember. So these are 10 two-word terms that I think people go, yep, and I even see why that might be true. So okay, cool. here Let's we go. jump in. Number one is a term we've all used, probably overused. Yep. It's simply the word or the term new normal. Yeah. So uh, millennial, millennials experienced years ago record employment. Yep. Generation Z, record unemployment. It yep. was reaching Great Depression levels. If you remember when so many, all ages were out of work, but Gen Z especially was a demographic that was just out of work. Uh, they grew up with terrorism as a normal part of the family discussion, uh, recession, uh, and other common hardships. Now they'll remember the COVID-19 pandemic that impacted their childhood and their early careers. So new normal is, is just a term that you, you might as well uh, embrace as this is what we got to do, help them get used to a new world that I didn't have to get used to when I was their age. Absolutely. In fact, if you want to find a comparison, you really have to go back to the silent generation mm -hmm. during yeah. the Great Depression who walked away feeling like, you know what, life doesn't come with guarantees. And I wonder if that may be sort of a mindset that the generation Generation Z takes along yeah. with them as well. Hey, I lived through that global pandemic. Yep. Life doesn't come along with guarantees. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you use the term silent generation. 
generation. I love the other term that's used to describe that population of old of older people. It was the builder generation, and yeah. they were called builders because they were required to build so much out of so little. Yeah, and um, we're hopeful that Gen Z can be that population that pleasantly surprises us with the grit they come out of this pandemic in the new normal that they experience. Yeah, absolutely. Number two. Number two. On demand. Yeah. So this was happening even before the pandemic, but boy, did we experience it with Netflix Yeah. while we were stuck in front of a TV set or whatever. So you know, you know what on demand means, listeners. It means I click and get what I want. Uh, the pandemic, we all watched scads of Netflix shows, Hulu shows, you know, Amazon Prime. Um, some people finished all of Seinfeld, all of Friends, you know, all, <laughs> yes, of, those, exactly. all those sitcoms from the 90s. So on demand simply means they expect entertainment when they want it, and they fight boredom, boredom oftentimes with screen time. Uh, Andrew, you even said you wrestled as you went off to college. With, I was just defaulting to video games, and Absolutely. you had to give up some of that just to make sure you weren't addicted to it. Yeah. But just know we, we default often by what's in front of us, and what's in front of them is a screen. So on demand, they're used to just fighting whatever boredom they have with that screen time. And not only did time on Zoom increase, but so did Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and YouTube all during the pandemic. Yeah, and if you really think about what an on-demand culture truly means, obviously we point the finger at Netflix and YouTube and yeah. all of those things, but it's very possible. And in fact, it, it was actually made more likely, I think it was accelerated during the pandemic, that you've got a kid who's streaming Netflix while they're ordering something on demand on Amazon, while they're ordering some food to on show DoorDash. up uh, on DoorDash, <laughs> yeah. all of it in the same moment. So I think that yeah. on-demand culture is something that was accelerated across the board during this global pandemic. Yeah. Generation Z multitasks on up to five screens. Yep. It's, it's amazing. All right, number three, multicultural mix. So most of you know, if you've studied Generation Z, they are the most diverse generation in U.S. history. Yep. Far more than their parents, but even more than the millennials right before them. Absolutely. And millennials were pretty diverse as well. Uh, but they're more okay with interracial marriage than their moms and dads, and certainly more than grandma and grandpa. That was just not a thing 50 years ago, and now it's really a thing. So they're a mix of ethnic races. Right now, I think we're moving up on a time, Andrew, where Caucas the, Caucas the white race is about equal with all the other minority races. So it's half and half of being a color other than white, mm -hmm. and that's just good for us to know. We've got to be more... Uh, open and uh, accepting and just understanding yeah. of someone unlike us that might be standing right in front of us. Uh, there's been a 50% increase in this identity since the year 2000, this multicultural. Half of Generation Z, as I just mentioned, are made up of individuals who would be considered minority people groups in the United States. Absolutely. So for them, this will be the only world they ever know. Yeah, right? that's right. It's really the adult, older adult populations who are going to be getting used to, yeah. to put quotations around that, getting used to uh, what for them is not a new normal. It's the only thing they've ever known. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a really interesting uh, mindset shift for a lot of older populations as they get used to a changing world. Yeah. One footnote, folks, I don't know how you're feeling or thinking about this nugget, this fact, but can I just encourage you a little bit? History teaches us that um, when there are multiple races together, immigration, whatever, it actually makes us better. Yeah. It may be harder, and maybe there's more competition for that job, but we tend to get better. So just be encouraged. The future could be bright if we lead well and we say, welcome, let's, let's just make it better. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. 
Number four, instant access. So we've all heard this term before. Yeah. I think it defines Generation Z. And what I mean by this is there's less waiting on programming or content. Uh, the overnight shipments are a norm now. We don't have to wait five days or, you know, allow four to six weeks for delivery. I remember hearing that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Allow four to six weeks. And yeah, now you order it in the magazine, right? Yes. Yeah. And now we think four to six days is a long time. Yeah. So we're, a, let's face it, we're a microwave culture. We don't like the crock pot. You know yep. what I mean? Let's just be honest. That's a good way to say it. So they have a Google reflex. So do I. And I'm not a Gen Zer. And we can find answers at the tap of a screen. No waiting. They ask Google and Siri questions that past youth generations used to ask parents. It's in their hands now. So just know, teachers, if you're kind of bugged by this, instant access is the norm they've grown up with. Yep. They're not bad kids. This is what we gave them yep. in their hands. Yep. And really, this is going to come down to setting expectations, right? Yeah. Because the world around them sets the expectation that everything good and worth having, you can get instantly. And what we know about in life, in education, and in so many other things, that there are actually a lot of really great things in life that take time. And this yeah. will just be an adjustment that they'll have to continue to make yeah. as they get on and on into adulthood, as we adults are going to have to say, hey, it is so great that you are able to answer any question you can imagine with just yeah. a few taps of your fingers. But what you have to remember is that the most important things in life don't come automatically. Yeah. In fact, I'm glad you said that. So moms and dads, if anybody's a parent going, yeah, you're right. They're asking Google questions. I should be at, you know, asked. Think of questions Google can't answer yeah. and have those conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, good. All right. Number five. Woke culture. Yeah. So the word woke was used and maybe even overused yeah. uh, during the 20th during the year 2020. But um, clearly the emerging generations, millennials and Gen Z, led the way mm -hmm. in this. So social media accelerated it for sure. Um, I remember as a baby boomer, the civil rights movement, we didn't have social media. Yeah. So the, the, the marches and the protests were very real. But you maybe caught it at the 6 o'clock news later that day. Yeah, or read it in the newspaper or That's whatever. That's right, yeah. 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 Are you making fun of newspapers? No, I love a newspaper. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. So, woke culture. Um, I witnessed family divisions, Andrew, and I don't think anybody planned it, but mom and dad weren't responding quickly enough, Yeah. posting that black square on social media or Instagram or mm -hmm. whatever. And and so there were, there were, there were um, divisions even within families because— Woke culture was interpreted perhaps by some and not interpreted the same way by others. Yep. In fact, um, I'll tell this story later, but I know a uh, mom of an adult child that she, her daughter didn't think she posted quickly enough, and her mom was saying, that's not the only way to express that I'm a part of yeah. this movement, but, but you thought it was. That yeah. was your language, not mine. So it, it's, just, uh, it's just a huge thing. So... Um, Sometimes we're judging each other, young or old, on whether we're racist or whether we truly support protests such as Black Lives Matter. Generation Z's decisions are informed by equality. That's the number yep. one value they have. And yep. certainly they care about climate change and everything else, but equality is huge. Just know that teachers and parents, it's huge. And um, that's why woke culture is such a big deal for them, because they're saying, Aren't you awake to see what I see? They're yeah. wondering that. And that's what it comes down to. Now, yeah. obviously, this is complicated by the world yeah. of social media. Yeah. I heard this fantastic sociologist talking about part of the difficulty of the cultural moment we're in is that we're using thin spaces like yeah. social media to have thick conversations. Yeah, that's a great point. And I thought that was such a great way to explain what's happening. So my challenge to this is take those spaces that 
I think Generation Z often really wants to have on social media and say, let's have that conversation face to face. Yes. And I think that's the beginning of creating connection around subjects like it this. It is. Well, and one thing it helps us avoid is groupthink, where yeah. we're just corralled into one line of thought and we're not even seeing another side. Absolutely. So that's huge. All right. So that's number five. Number six immediate feedback. Yeah. So we all love that, but boy, does Gen Z, well, they just grew up with it. Uh, whether they were playing a, a video game and they knew exactly where they stood in yep. that video game or yep. whatever. But um, they insist on responses from social media, text messages, games, or friends who desire, they just desire them instantly. So some employers tell me they can't give feedback to a young staff person quickly enough because they've been so conditioned in their childhood for instant or immediate feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, a growing trend that I think is worth leaning into. I know that there were, um, you know, the sort of classic repetition of feedback in the workplace was yeah. your annual review. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah. And yeah. then it became quarterly and then it became, you know, and, and now it feels like it's monthly and some people are getting it every single time. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine who works for a very large uh, Fortune 500 company, and they actually have a whole system set up to get feedback automatically every time that. they have a yeah. meeting or anything. So I think there there is something to this. Obviously, we don't want to have a dependency on I need affirmation. How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Yeah. But I, I do think we do need to be good at communication. I think we need to make sure we bridge that communication gap. Well, companies that I've talked to would actually say that that w desire for immediate feedback is actually good for both parties. Absolutely. We get to give real-time input into their lives and their work and and they get what they've wanted, real-time feedback. Absolutely. All right, number seven, constant contact. Yeah. Okay, we've heard this term before. So the first round of Generation Z employees are just now being employed full-time. They actually say they prefer face-to-face -face interaction. Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah, it is. So their natural habitat might be an iPhone uh, or an Android or whatever, but they actually, maybe because it's so normal, they say, I actually want face-to-face, -face, especially after a pandemic where I saw your face on a screen yeah. so much. So um, they, th this isn't just a, a tech platform, which we know it is, constant contact. Gen Z is always connected with few margins for solitude or silence. Often a screen is on 24-7. It's the first and last item they look at each day. So just know constant contact is normal. We may have to help them have boundaries absolutely. Where, where we need to be out of contact for a little bit and have some margin in our day. And I really do, like you said, I think they long for that. That doesn't mean that it's normal for them, yes. right? And that's really the balance where you have is I think they're, they are a generation who longs for face-to-face -face interaction, yeah. just like any generation. The difference is it's not as normal for them to mm -hmm. get that, right? Yeah. And so yeah. we're really sort of both challenging them and giving them what they want at the same time when we create face-to-face -face environments. No doubt about it. All right, so number eight blended family. So this term's been around for decades now, but I think Gen Z in their mind is even enlarging what this is mean what what we mean by this term. So their view of gender is different as yep. a whole. Yep. Maybe not the kids in front of you in your class, yeah. but as a whole they view g gender differently. Uh, many of you know that Facebook has some 54 different options for gender now. I'm not asking if you like it. I'm just saying, do you know this is a thing now? Yeah. So their view of gender, they're open to exploring. Uh, they want you to not judge them. Let them find out who they are. I think we baby boomers 50 years ago were trying to find out who we are. It just yeah. was a little bit different day. So they offer new definitions for family, identity, and sexuality. Binary is a boundary of the past for most of them. Not yep. all, but yep. most. 
uh, Gen Z is extending the parameters and beliefs in dozens of genders. And again, listener, I, I don't know what you're feeling. You, this might be so odd to you that you're going, how can you be for this? I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying I've got to know if I'm going to lead this is, yeah. student. I've got to know who they are and love them for who they are so that I can lead them wherever they need to go Absolutely. to become the best version of themselves. And, and honestly, this is a conversation that can be painful for a lot of yeah. generations because what we're doing is we're sort of taking definitions that for a lot of people were solidified 50 or 60 years ago, and we're sort of bringing them back and going, well, that thing that you thought you knew, we're sort of challenging that notion now. And, and again, no matter where you are in, in all of these conversations, I think the important thing that we come back to is empathy, yeah. is open dialogue. Yes. Yeah is asking questions like, why do you believe that? So that we can set the ground for leadership and influence. Yeah. I would just say, too, one thing that helps me, I try to think back on my teen years or 20-something years. Yes. What were some different things in yep. my life that I didn't really want to tell mom and dad or yep. I felt awkward? That's how they're feeling. Absolutely. So it's just helpful. We're, we go through new iterations of yeah. I'm weird and I'm new and different and Rem so. Remember that every generation of adults has said kids today. Yeah. You know, ah, no matter today. how long ago no it was. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right. Number nine, anything goes. Yeah. So they grew up in a time when traditional morals are in question. Uh, having felt betrayed by older, uh, older leaders, mm -hmm. some of them have felt this way. They're questioning everything, much like the boomers did in the 1960s. Yeah, we have precedent for this. Absolutely. So here's what the data shows. This is a Barna Research Institute uh, study just recently, like last year. Um, Generation Z has less trust in institutions, mm. and that would include government, yep. uh, government politics, business, so corporate America, yep. and even education. Education's a little higher on the list, but even education. But here's what's interesting. They do trust older individuals, not yeah. institutions. Yep. So grandma and grandpa, yep. parent, uncle, aunt, teacher, yep. they might, you build a bridge of relationship. They might just trust you when they don't trust the institution you might work for. So we can take advantage of that. But anything goes is the feeling they have because they just felt a little bit betrayed by the institutions that raised them. Absolutely. And your secret, as Tim just said, in all of these shifts and changes is the personal relationship, yeah. right? You have a better so opportunity for impact there than anywhere else. All right. The f last uh, two-word definition of Gen Z uh, is one that I kept to last, but it's so real. We just need to be mindful of it panic attack. Yeah. And I know that you, you don't want to take that literally, but their, their mental health issues are more than any generation in, in modern history. Uh, they are the most anxious generation in U.S. history. Uh, last fall, we've said this before, one in four young adults considered suicide due to the pandemic. Mental health has got to be a top priority for us as leaders and parents. So just know panic attack is one of those terms that's almost been normalized. Yep. Like when it comes up at school, nobody goes, oh, what? Yeah. It's, yeah, me too, yeah. oftentimes. Yep. So exactly. it's just a huge issue. Yeah, so it, I mean, it, it, what's happening is we're normalizing it at the same time as it needs to be a topic of conversation. So we want it to be significant, as in we want you to hopefully be able to get past that, right? But we also need it to be normalized in the sense that somebody shouldn't be afraid to go, hey, yeah. I'm having this issue yeah. right now. I need some help, you know? And so I think it's just, for us, this is about awareness and it's about action, right? Yeah. Uh, being aware of what might be going on, checking in with students whenever we can, and then also encouraging them to, to, making, to make some good decisions that'll help them be Absolutely. a little healthier. So listeners, because these two-word terms, these 10, I may have you review them real quick before we close out, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, clarify the culture in which Generation Z is growing up. 
educators and parents must focus on the social and emotional development of teens and young adults. Uh, for some of you, this is a deeply spiritual issue for sure, but it's clearly beyond reading, writing, and arithmetic. Absolutely. And we're just lobbying that you work on the social-emotional development of those, of those kids. Absolutely. Denise Villa, the CEO of CGK, the one I mentioned earlier, says Generation Z's emergence could herald in a new era of hybrid work that is a normal for them. And the youngest team members of Gen Z, it will be all they've ever known. Mm. There is a new normal. That's so interesting. Well, I want to review these 10 terms, but I, I want to, uh, if you could, answer a question that I think sure. we actually get a lot when we're on the road or doing a virtual event, which is, you've talked about Generation Z, yeah. and of course, we just got through Millennials. What's coming next? Will yeah. you speak to that real quick? Absolutely. I'll just take a couple of minutes. I'm sure we'll do a whole podcast on this sometime. Yeah. So following Generation Z, according to social scientists and those who research demographics, is a population of younger children called the Alpha Generation. Uh, so I guess we went from Z back to A, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, these are the young children being born today, These so they're toddlers and infants. Uh, following them will probably be Generation Beta, whose birth years will span all the way to 2039 or so. And if the nomenclature sticks, then the afterward will be Generation Gamma and Generation Delta, but we have no idea that's way too off in the distant future, and I'll probably be gone. Yeah, so, well, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You well, never know what medicine yeah, they're going to invent, never right? Know. That's yeah. right. You never know. So anyway, this has been fun, Andrew. Give us a quick review, and then we'll close with a story. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the 10 defining terms for Generation Z. Number one, new normal. Number two, on demand. Number three, multicultural mix. Number four, instant access. Number five, woke culture. Number six, immediate feedback. Number seven, constant contact. Number eight, blended family. Number nine, anything goes. And number 10, panic attack. Well, we mentioned in here, we talked about the challenges that often happen as a result of these realities between older generations and, and younger generations. And we just have to learn. In fact, you had an experience recently yeah. in a conversation you had with some friends. We've got to learn how to bring these generations together. And this family that I'm going to refer to now uh, learned this lesson the hard way, but they did learn it. It was so, there's a dear friends. I've known them for more than 30 years now. Uh, did their wedding and met them in college and so forth. But um, they have adult children now, so they're older, like I am. But during this uh, season in 2020 where protests were happening, and we were all anxious about many things, yeah. pandemics and pay cuts and protests and everything, um, there, there was a season of discord between their adult daughter and them, the, yeah. the mom and dad. And they got to the place where they couldn't even talk. It was just too volatile. It was m almost a high-volume yelling thing, and they're not really yellers. So uh, this couple came to me and my wife Pam and said, I don't know what's going on here. Well, it turned out they just didn't have language to talk about a very conflicted issue mm. in their home. It had never come up, and now it was suddenly staring at them in the face. What I love about this family was they decided, we're going to power through and get this right. Mm. So they began to meet with a counselor, all of them together, and they began to really iron out the listening that was required on both parties and then the understanding, which we knew was there. Yeah. I mean, the kids grew up, same DNA. They, they had a lot in common, but there was one thing they had to work at. And here's why I tell the story. One of the metaphors that I've used, I just reminded them of, and they said that's exactly what was happening. In the same way that when you fly in an airplane to another country and you land and you know, I'm going to have to work hard 
because I just landed in China or France or Germany or Japan. Yep. I'm going to have to work harder because I'm in a whole new place where they have different language, different values, different customs. Yep. I'm just saying, if we would put that kind of work in to connecting with the next generation, yeah. the kind of work it requires. With it. And it is. It, in some ways, it's a cross-cultural relationship. Different values in Gen Z, yep. different language that she, they speak, and different yep. customs. So that's my, my ex- exhortation to all of you. Let's put the work in. Let's build a relationship with these kids. I love it. Thanks so much, Tim. If you're one of those like us who loves to dig in really deep and learn more, uh, and you're looking for ways to learn more about who Generation Z is, Tim and I actually worked on a book that came out back towards the end of 2019 called Generation Z Unfiltered. Our whole goal was to say, what would this generation look like if you took all of the filters off? And we got a real picture of who they are. So we collected research, we collected focus groups, we collected all sorts of insights and put them into this book, Generation Z Unfiltered. You can pick that up if you're interested in it at generationzunfiltered.com or you can go to Amazon wherever you get your books and you can find it there but that's a really great resource to dig deep if you want to know just a little bit more about who are these kids well as always if you would rate this podcast give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast uh, that would be really helpful to us if you found this helpful, pass it along to somebody who you think might also find it uh, helpful, so share it with a friend. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, whether it's people you want us to interview or topics you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thank you so much for the insights today. Thank you guys for listening and for leading Generation Z well, and we'll see you next time.